Philadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by by two leprechauns. Top top of the morning to you, Chuck and Gene. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Not at all offensive that was. Uh, This is uh, Chuck Siders. Uh, I've never been called a leprechaun before. Oh, now I want to like jump around lyrics, wasn't that? It was something with House of Pain. Like, okay, yes, I have been drinking. This Chuck Siders. You can find me on the show. You can find me on the show. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Philadelphia. I don't know how I follow that, honestly. Um, this is Gene Z. Like, you can find me at producer Gene, and I'm the shortest one on the show. So clearly, I've always been a leprechaun. <laughs> I was debating between leprechauns or uh, uh, two, two, uh, two of my lucky charms. Screaming you know, banshees is better. No. Yeah. All right, good. 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 No, in order, like banshees, leprechauns, and then lucky charms in a distant third. Banshees. Yeah, that sounds pretty All right. badass. All right, boys, you got your shillelaghs out. There, we why didn't you open with that? All right, let's take it back. <laughs> we are recording this on St. Patrick's Day. Woohoo! Um, and wow, what what an what an eventful uh, weekend, uh, culminating in St. Patrick's Day, huh, guys? So yes, indeed. Let's start here. Let's start here. Uh, Saturday night, Villanova, the Villanova Wildcats win their third straight Big East championship uh, and are headed to the uh, the Big Dance as a six seed. Did you guys watch the the uh, the Big East Championship? Did you see the last play? I guess really that's what it all comes this comes down to. This conversation here, the traveling call on the the final possession. Um, I'm happy you amended that statement because I did not watch the game, but I was following along enough through Twitter and Facebook to like tune in for the last two minutes, and I did see that traveling call. And I'm, I I can't have an educated opinion on it. I, I don't quite know what traveling is, you know, in a vacuum. <laughs> I don't think I, anybody I knows what traveling is in the NCAA or certainly not in the NBA. Well, certainly not in the NBA. I have enough of an education to have an opinion on that. Like traveling in the NBA, like depends on like your your name value. Yeah. You know, LeBron is incapable of traveling. He switches his pivot foot like every other play yeah. at the court. <laughs> I just feel like you have to have uh, a possession of the ball before they can call traveling on you, which did not seem to be the case at the end of that Villanova game. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that is one of the important aspects of being called for traveling. <laughs> oh, God. Just, all right, well, whatever. I mean, so Villanova, this is kind of a down year for, for Nova, but it was kind of a down year for the Big East in general. Um, so, we're you know, we're going into tournament time, and the, the Big East champ is a six seed. The, the defending cha- the defending national champion and three-time reigning Big East champion is a six seed. And honestly... A little disrespectful. It's it's a little disrespectful. I've, I kind of actually thought they would be like a four, um, just because I kind of thought that they would get kind of a bump from tournament experience. But I've, I've been really impressed. This is, this is what I've consistently heard from pundits, that this is considered a, across the... Uh, you know the 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 kind of like I guess the the people that critique coaching in the league um, that a lot of people f- f- consider this Jay Wright's best coaching job because he graduated 
so many really good players and then has had injury problems and was still able to win the Big East tournament and is still in a good position to go. I, I think you, you, they could go a round or two. I'd like to see them in the Sweet 16. Uh, yeah, let's just look at their at their matchups. So uh, kind of a really dangerous first round game against St. Mary's. Um, what do you know Nova about St. Mary's? Because I don't know anything about them. Well, I think didn't they just play the Zags uh, either really tough or they actually beat them? And I just know that they're like one of those, you know, good, good Catholic boys who shoot three pointers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got two is a type. <laughs> I mean, right. So uh, yeah, I'm expecting a ton of threes in that game. I mean, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> and that, and when you, when it comes down to those, like um, those games where you got to make shots, it could go, it could go absolutely either way. Do, do you Real quick? Do you think that's a penance? Like go say three Hail Marys and then like take 20 from downtown. <laughs> like, do you, do you think like that's a penance where we get the Catholics, you know, you know, going for threes. Yeah, I think. Um, hey, if you want to, if you want to condition your team a little bit, it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Dropping give me like twenty push-ups, three <laughs> hail marys, <and> shoot <laughs> fifty free throws in a row. The interesting thing about this tournament is, uh, speaking of like a Catholic bias, Gonzaga is a pretty big Catholic school on the West Coast, and. Yep. Uh, my dad has basically adjusted his sleep schedule around watching Gonzaga for some reason. I mean, my my dad has loved Gonzaga since they 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 kind of came into the scene. You remember they had that kind of Cinderella run like in nineteen ninety seven, ninety six. Um, so he's kind of adopted that since you know where I went to college. They you know they never none of the places I went to school achieved above Division three. Uh, my brother either. So my my father felt like he had to acquire. A, a a rooting interest, but rather than you know root for Temple or Villanova, my dad decides he's going to root for the Catholics in Washington State. That was the, I, I'm willing to bet that that was part of, like the Adam Morrison team. No, I, earlier than that, this is this, oh earlier. Oh yeah, because he loved Adam Morrison. Every year, like for the last few, he's, he's he's been. <laughs> I don't think going quite back that far, <laughs> but he has had me buy him another piece of like gonzaga paraphernalia and and some of that stuff is not easy to find like you can't just walk into lids and get a gonzaga hat around here it's a, you gotta you gotta do some googling to find this stuff and i can't even I'm, i kid you not I, I could show you my text my dad has found the the wonder of emojis i guess recently <laughs> and he literally for four days so he, he texted me after gonzaga i think was when they first were elevated to the number one team in the lead in the uh in the country uh, he he sent me like a go dogs kind of like in giant font with some sort of like smiley face. So I sent him back a bulldog on a skateboard, and he has not shut up about it for weeks. Every time <laughs> I my son, look what my son sends me. Look how funny this is. <laughs> Every time I see him, <laughs> I, don't know, I, he, that, I gave your dad that that, that voice. It's not it's not yeah, bad. You're making his dad Bernie Sanders, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bernie. So every time I go over, he'll pull it up on his phone and he'll hand me his phone. And I'm like, what are you showing me? And he's showing me the gif of a bulldog on a skateboard that I sent him. Gene, Gene, Gene come here. Show me how you did that, that uh, the, the moving picture of the bulldog. 
He, he, it's, he literally thinks it's the greatest thing. That, I, I think he's going to just have that up running during every Zags tournament game, just like it's a good luck charm. Look what go. my son made. <laughs> he filmed the dog, and then he, like, patched the, <laughs> patched the pictures together. It's like a flip book. And it's, and it's a bulldog. Get it? Bulldog and they're the bulldogs. It's so great. Gonzaga, back from those Adam Morrison days, where that is the team that I had. Whenever I fill out my bracket, I irrationally give them more credit than they deserve. Um, you like basically just only... send them directly to the final four. Do not pass. Yeah. Go. Well, yeah. I mean, not that dramatic, but yeah. And they, and they always burn me. So I'm at the point now where I hate Gonzaga. Do you know what oh. team I'm like that with? West Virginia. No, Xavier. Oh, I always, oh yeah. I always feel like every year I'm like I always you know for the first couple times I filled out a bracket Xavier would end up going to like the elite eight and be like Xavier. So now like I just basically pencil Xavier in to like the Sweet Sixteen and be do you like intentionally now call them Xavier. Yes, yeah, I do. I well, do. See, that's what I was gonna say. Like Gene's just picking them because you're assuming it's the Xavier school for like gifted youngsters. Well, yeah, and... it's, it's a it's a comic book thing. <laughs> On the, the note, balls on fire. <laughs> <laughs> on the note with Gene's dad and his, you know, displaced rooting interest, you know, none of us went to any of the like Philly Five schools, and you know, Villanova's in the tournament. Um... However, we were all accepted at Penn. <laughs> <laughs> we just turned them down. Screw those brilliant bastards. <laughs> but. Where, like, of the Philly schools, like, do you have one that's, you know, closer to your heart? Do you root for all of them? Does Nova count as a Philly school? Like, who is your team, like, in college basketball? Gene, you want to go first? Yeah, I have a, a sweet spot for, actually, for the Penn Quakers. I love the Palestra, so uh, I've actually gone and seen more um Pen games live than than any other one. I mean, I think it's a total of three, um, but uh, I have never actually seen Villanova play on campus. I've only ever seen them play at uh, at the Wells Fargo Center. Or I think once back a while, a long time ago. I think I saw them at the Spectrum. Um, so, but honestly, the, when when Penn's not in the tournament because it's hit or miss whether they win. You got to win the the Ivy League to get in out of you know f- from that place. But um, the other. Kind of, sort of, because where I work, when I worked for the radio station, everybody on the news staff was Temple. They all literally were Temple alum. So this time of year, like when I was at work, the place was just like bananas for Temple. So, um, you know, because those are kind of my friends. I I, I was kind of, you know, following Temple um, by default, but... I mean, I've been. I was also very pro uh, Villanova the last couple of years because DiVincenzo went to my high school, so um, I was as much rooting for him as as Villanova. And I, I like Jay Wright as a guy. So, uh, but I don't have that kind of like gut level because I didn't go to any of these places. I don't have that like hatred for any of the other the other schools. And it's kind of the nice thing about the NCAA tournament is because you can kind of root for a couple of teams, you know, and then as they fall off, you can kind of hone in. Because uh, rarely does like my home state ever get a squad in. I think I think Delaware has been in four times in my lifetime, maybe. Yeah, I think just having the luxury of adapting to whichever team probably has the best chance. 
uh, you know, to go furthest in the tournament is kind of where I fall. I mean, like I've, I've ebbed and flowed over the years. You know, I, I obviously got really excited with the, uh, the Jameer Nelson. Oh, the St. Uh, Joe's team. team. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, oh, <laughs> ever since John Chaney and had that <laughs> fight with, uh, was it Cal Perry? I think it was, yeah. Like the, the I'll kill you. <laughs> it's hard. You know, it was I, I hard not Temple, to root. But, it was hard yeah. not to root for uh, John Cheney's teams. Yeah, I love Temple, but ever since Cheney left, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get fired up for Dunphy. So, uh, but yeah, I love Jay Wright. You know, Jay Wright's probably the best basketball coach in Philadelphia. <laughs> At least you know, the best not, dressed. Not, not close. Um, yeah, would you take uh, would you take uh, Jay Wright over um, Brett right now if you had the choice? Gun to your head, you can put the gun down. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd take Jay Wright. I think there's a lot of teams in the NBA that would take Jay Wright. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like you, you, you know, you're gonna fill out a bracket this week, right? You do one, you do one, or you do like five. What, what, what's your? I I do one. Um, I am not an expert. I'm not like dying over every pick. I'm not going, uh, you know, I, I have one layout if, you know, Duke wins, you know, gets past the final four and I have one layout if they don't like, no, I, 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 it's best guesses from secondhand knowledge. So I just do one and, and let it ride. Um, and, and that's just more fun for me, you know, if, like, something I'm more knowledgeable on. I'd fill out more brackets for every, you know, flip of the coin that I think could happen, but nope. One and done for me. And it is hard. It is hard to follow, you know, the four major sports casually, you know, try to casually follow college basketball, but then like an entire nation of, of basketball teams. It's almost, it's almost impossible unless you're an insider or an expert. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it would have to be your only interest. Like it would have to be, what sport do you follow? I follow college basketball, and then what's what? I, f- I follow college basketball. Full stop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I still think that there have been years, and this may prove to be one of them, from what I've what I've kind of picked up, that you can you can study those brackets and those matchups, you know, for hours, and then you know a, a twelve seed comes in and upends you know the bracket, and and that kind of stuff happens. Every year, last year a sixteen beat a one. So yeah, you could pour. Yeah, you could you could pour over that that bracket all day long. And I'll tell you what, Linda from accounting is still going to win the the, uh, the office pool, and so she's going to pick it because it, my nephew goes to Gonzaga, and so I, I she should they should probably win because he's such a good boy. I like the colors. <laughs> yeah, or the ones that the, they I mean, they pick yeah. based on the mascots. Right. So they're a always wolf asking is you. Obviously, going to beat a duck. Yeah, Wisconsin can't go anywhere because it's just a little badger. They're tenacious. A badger will fuck you up. <laughs> and also, do we want to go into any more misogynistic stereotypes? <laughs> <laughs> like Linda from accounting picks the ones with the prettiest boys. <laughs> There's always a Linda in accounting, though. Isn't that strange? So, uh, yeah, I have a I have an employee who has a cat named Linda from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that's true. It's absolutely true. That's and her first phenomenal. day, yeah, her first day of work, I said, uh, we actually do have a Linda from accounting here. Um, so you guys want to tell, you guys want to share final four picks? Yeah, sure. All right, should I go first or last? 
I think well, you should start, Chuck. All right. Yeah. Well, I have Duke, Texas Tech, Virginia, and Kentucky with uh, Duke winning it all. Okay. All right. You, you, didn't, go, you didn't go all chalk, uh, but your low seed is Texas Tech uh, making it to the Final Four as a three seed, right? It is. Cool. Gene, what do you got? Yeah, I got a lot of chalk. Uh <laughs> I've got Duke and Gonzaga, North Carolina and Tennessee, but I've got North Carolina winning it all. Okay. I just I just don't think that Duke's going to stay healthy. Maybe that's just me. I feel like Duke's got the best player by a lot, uh, but if he's not healthy, they uh, are not a good team. Okay, and uh, yeah, I have a lot of chalk too. I have uh, I have Duke and uh, Michigan on that left side of the bracket, and uh, Kansas State. Uh, and North Carolina on the right side of that bracket. Wow. Um, yeah, and I actually have Duke uh, defeating uh, Kansas State in the final. Um, yeah, just it's like the Zion thing, right? Like you have the right. best player in the whole tournament. And he's like a freakishly great player. As long as his sneakers uh, stay intact, yeah. all stitched. Uh, they're obviously gonna have, and, and I like I like it when Duke uh, goes really far because it pisses so many people off. It is kind of fun because <laughs> well, literally dude, everybody your... everybody hates Duke except for people that love Duke. Like it's it's Duke versus the world. I don't. I'm Duke agnostic. I don't know. Chuck, you're holding up a black uh, screen. Yeah, I realize that. <laughs> Thankfully, our listeners now do too. But. <laughs> Yeah, occasionally everyone Chuck will Chuck will uh, show me how much time has elapsed since we started recording. So he's holding up a black. Uh, so we don't uh, end up talking about the Eagles for forty five minutes. That never. Yeah, but happens. then we but uh, we just ignore it anyway and just keep on talking about whatever topic. <laughs> Especially with the Phillies, like the Phillies are like, "Fuck it, we're going, we're going." I almost think like that's your indicator of we've had enough with this topic. Are you sure you don't want to move on? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> am I off on that? Or? Chuck's bored. We should talk about something else. <laughs> No, 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 no. It is it, honestly, it's how free flowing the conversation is going versus how much time we allotted for it in the the outline. I know you don't in put the pre-show like, meeting. Well, we don't have a pre-show meeting, but the outline has several bullet points. And if if it's like the flyers, like spoiler alert, have one bullet point tonight. So if we started <laughs> well, on the flyers and we went like half an hour i'd be holding up that clock the whole time to show like this is more than what we talked about oh see i this is a little this is a little uh behind the behind the curtain into the show mechanics but now it's behind the behind the curtain for me <laughs> to learn some chuck mechanics that you meter it out by the bullets the bullet points that this I've may change up. how dave does his his and uh, by the way i would have given the flyers a lot more bullets had i known what happened like 20 minutes ago in advance so let's just jump to that now because the flyers are still on life support uh but we are not uh we're not pulling the plug yet the doctor is like the flyers are a vegetable you guys should pull the plug but mr stutter's like no no not yet (laughs) from the grave yeah oh yeah (laughs) and that's probably about right I, i don't know the, the doctor is saying we have no cure. All we can do is, like, you know, alleviate the pain. 
you know, let's go into hospice care. And the Flyers family is going, no, 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 we'll be fine. Let's pull on through. You know what alleviates the pain, Chuck? A uh, top two draft pick? <laughs> well, no. yeah. No, ripping the hearts out of the Penguins again. Yes. In, In very overtime fashion tonight, Sunday night. Oh, yeah. Damn, Carter Hart was goddamn brilliant tonight. He really was. He 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 looked phenomenal. He was so steady in net. That was that was a Carter Hart performance that you're gonna go, you know, if this guy can do this most nights, he's going to win a Vesna trophy. Like this is everything we hope Carter Hart could be. And you know, coming back, you know, second game back from injury, you know, again, still. What's what? In a must-win game against a playoff oh, yeah. team. Oh, yeah. And in a hostile territory. Uh, well, defending Stanley Cup champions, right? Well, if we forget about the Capitals, yes, they are the defending Stanley Cup <laughs> champions. <laughs> Which I did. Yeah. <laughs> but, Washington, D.C. is not a sports city, in my opinion. Yeah, so we, we've <laughs> already established that. 2018 did not happen. <laughs> but, no, it was um, a tough atmosphere to play in. It was a big game, and he came up big. Uh, Giroux, who was fighting some sort of illness, came up big. JVR, man, that guy is killing it. Baby, are you kidding me? <laughs> He's Chuck's favorite player. He's Chuck's he... favorite player. <laughs> well, once I learned to love him as he is, he, he's much higher in my books than the first time around. Um, but he's actually been a more well-rounded player. He hasn't been a defensive liability, and his he's had such a nose for the net and has been killing it lately. Uh, Sean Couturier wins the game on a breakaway. He doesn't do that. He has barely done that in the NHL, but he he made a move, took the shot, and won. Like, that's great, man. Like, ugh. And this is one of those games where I've been watching it. You're like, God damn it, we're just going to get beat by a goaltender again. You know? It felt like this was... Yeah, the Penguins I, were I just mean, in the right... Not... You know, there was just no way you were going to get it. And then... Dave's favorite thing, and I really think that they they waited too long. I feel like they should have yanked Carter Hart. Like when we got into to five minutes, but less than five minutes with uh, with that power play, I think we should have gone to the six on four at some point during that. Um, but that's just that's just the the Doug Peterson uh, risk <laughs> risk uh, assessment side of me. Um, I'll tell you what, those Penguins, they almost had a couple of uh, those empty netters there. Whoo, yeah, no, you can really see, you can really tell when we were talking about the difference in the, the you know, you felt more comfortable with, with the ice surface in the Winter Classic. Like, there was just no way that puck was going to make it that far down. You could definitely tell tonight that there was some, there's you know, there was a little bit more oomph when, when those, you know, those pucks were getting cleared out. But, so not to bury the lead, uh, we're losing one nothing, but we tie the game with three seconds left to send it into overtime. No, we won no, the no, game no, no. with three seconds left. Yeah, we won the game with three seconds left in overtime. We tied it with like a minute left. Yeah, it was just under a minute. Oh, really? Was there that much time? I feel like yeah. it was like under a minute. I thought we were in the seconds neighborhood there. But okay, but I mean, you're paying more attention to it than I was. <laughs> no, no, we, we tied it uh, around the minute mark. I think Gene was right. I think it was under a minute, but not by much. 
Um, and then we won it in the final seconds of overtime. I was already like prepping myself for a shootout when uh, yeah. Victoria got the breakaway. And thank God, because I, fe- I, I just, I feel like the shootout is is such a, a crapshoot. And you know, at this point, I just wanted the two points in the bag and and just to move on because. You know, we need every little single point. Now, does this make a difference that that the Penguins get a point out of this too? Is that helpful or harmful? No. Does it make any difference? At, at this point, it does not make any difference. We, we have, only care about what? Columbus and Montreal? They're the only two that we're worried about? Uh, Columbus, Montreal, and Carolina, but really just Columbus and Montreal. Carolina and Columbus are tied currently um, with 83 points, I want to say. Um Actually, that's probably not right. Um, but they're tied currently, and um, Carolina has a game in hand, and we have Montreal in between us and CBJ, and they have a six-point lead on us, but effectively it's seven. Because because of the tiebreaker. Right? Tie so here's <laughs> here's the question though, of Carolina, Montreal, and Columbus, and us. Only two of those four teams get in, right? Correct. So Montreal or us or you know or Columbus and us or Montreal and Columbus that they're going to be looking in from the ends outside. Yeah, and actually, uh, Carolina has a one point lead on Columbus and a game in hand, so. I'm almost ready to pencil Carolina in. Uh, Carolina, sorry, uh, Montreal's three points back of Columbus, and we are three points back of Montreal. So we're uh, six points out of it. Do we play Montreal anymore? Uh, Montreal, we might play. We're Um, done with... We play Carolina. We do not play Columbus. And I know we've got another game against Toronto, I believe. Yeah, we have another game against Toronto. We have another game against Washington. Uh, so coming up, oh, our very next game is against Montreal. Uh, so that's a, a Must big win, one. baby. Oh, dude, all of these except maybe one are must win. Maybe two. We can drop one game and control our own fate, more or less, unless you know uh, Columbus goes on a crazy run. Same with Montreal. Um, outside of that, we, we are beholden on people falling off. So we play Montreal must win Chicago. Thankfully they're bad this year, but still must win Islanders. Uh, their, their play has slipped a bit, but again, must win. Is that at home uh, or, or is that in Brooklyn? Or that, that's Island? home. But I mean, I don't think it matters much with the way, the Islanders have been slipping, and the Flyers have been playing. The Flyers have been playing really well. Uh, we play Washington away uh, a week from today, uh, this coming Sunday at 1230. Maybe that could be a loss. We play Toronto. Yeah. We play Carolina. We play New York. We play Dallas. We play St. Louis. We play Carolina. Oh, my God. This is a hard schedule. Yeah, we have one of the hardest schedules remaining in the league. I don't I'm not very optimistic. Yeah, oh, no, you shouldn't every, be. We're done. Every right. single point. We're done. We are done. Columbus has one of the easiest schedules left remaining. We have one of the hardest. Okay. We're done. Okay. Well, we'll keep you posted on when the eulogy uh, is yeah. going to be, if it, if it happens. Uh, moving on, 
Sixers, huge win today against Signature. the NBA team on the road in Milwaukee. And I mean, just hop into the crowd and grab yourself a beer kind of game. Giannis scores <laughs> 50. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So I guess this is like the third quarter. I had that like buried in my notes here. Uh, Mike Scott dives into the stands, the three regional manager dives into the the stands lands on a fan and then takes a sip of her beverage <laughs> was it a, was it a sixers fan at least i don't know but it wasn't like it was a dark liquid that was not in like if it was soda it would be in either a soda bottle or like a, it was in a not like in a, a clear, clear cup yeah yeah a clear cup i mean it was beer right it was definitely beer or rum and coke or something i mean <laughs> Well, down there low, you know, the you, you never know. Maybe it's a little hoity-toity. Maybe Is this it was a violating scotch. any sort of league regulate? You can't drink while you're playing? <laughs> I can't imagine that in real time anybody saw it. But, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe there's a fine coming. I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't come from the Sixers because uh, it's <laughs> it seemed like the owner was super into the game today. Does that keep you loose? A little, uh, little nip? Hey, it's a player's league, man. You know, just, you know, I'm surprised we don't see more guys with flasks on the sidelines, actually. <laughs> Especially when they show up with those suits. If, you know, if they're on the, what is it called? The, uh, the injured, the, it's, is it IR now? I know that baseball has changed their, their terminology of, uh, of what you're, you're called when you're not on an active roster. Um, it's, it's whatever, it's whatever Mark Fultz is always on. Right. <laughs> at any time during an NBA season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like this game cannot be understated. The, the importance of this game cannot be understated. It, it, it's a, it's an important game. It's a game we had to win since we struggle so much against those top teams in the East. And it's one of those things that, you know, if you can win in Milwaukee against the team with the best record in the NBA, who doesn't uh, lose at home, they just don't No. No, and they're, they're they've beat everybody at home. They beat they've beaten Golden State at home. They've beaten Houston at home. They've beaten everybody at home. And this is not a case of like, yeah, Giannis was having a you know a, a rest night or a maintenance night or whatever we're calling them. No, he dropped fifty of... and looked like a god. Yeah, which is kind of one of those things where it's like, sure, we can go ahead and um, you know take your best punch. Go ahead and drop fifty, and we're gonna exhaust basically every foul we have to give uh sending you to the stripe and he made a ton of free throws so many free throws uh, but hey it it worked because i believe the i think the bucks took like 45 three point attempts during that game yeah um and it's just i mean you can have as Embiid took right and B took 13 three-pointers. Uh, he made a big game. one, though. He made a real big one. And I think so. I don't I forget how many he ended with making. I think he sh- I think he made like five of them. Uh, but at one point he was like over seven. So the, he, you know, made up for them down the stretch. Uh, but Embiid scored 40, you know, no, but it was uh, all part of his plan because they left him so wide open for that one. He drained. Close to the end, you know, late in the fourth quarter, there was not anybody around him for fifteen feet when he drained that. 
Hey, I, it's a strategy that if I was playing against the Sixers, I'd be willing to adopt. I'm you know, if you're going to have Embiid, you know, camp out at the top of the three, you know, at the top of the key or whatever and shoot three pointers. Okay. You know, I'll take it if that's what you're going to do. But I think the other thing that the Sixers really did employ, and I don't know if this came from Brett Brown or if this is just the, the way the game flowed because of the way other people were, were, were playing. Uh, how about the fourth quarter became Jimmy Butler time today? Oh, yeah. And that, that's been happening the past couple games. Um, I think it happened a little bit in, in the Kings game. Uh, Butler took over. And who did we play before that? That was a, uh, the Pacers game. Right. Yeah, I mean, I love Butler in the fourth quarter. I wish Butler was Butler the whole game, though. Sometimes. Yeah, he needs to. He needs to be. Yeah, I was a little. I was a little miffed. Uh, Tobias Harris kind of disappeared today. Yeah. Uh, I think he had ten, and uh, most of that I think came from the line. And I also think he had nine in the first quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, but I thought Ben Simmons, that dunk. Where he came down, he he he. he I think it was a putback dunk, and he came down screaming at Giannis. Just well, we need to talk howling. about that because Giannis put one. Well, actually, backed Simmons down. This is like late in the fourth quarter. It's like somewhere in the fourth quarter. He he backed Simmons down and dunked on him, and and it was an and one. And he was flexing and screaming. I think yeah, it, doing I think it brought the stuff. game down to like something like four points. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to immediately come back on the other end and Simmons put that throwback dunk in and he just stared Giannis down. And oh it was gosh, like, I'm so excited to see these teams in the playoffs. If we Simmons, get you know, and I, he's usually such a, like one of those things that I always describe about him is he's always so he just like controlled and smooth and um that just seemed like such raw emotion from him. This really did feel like a playoff game at points. Like it to felt Giannis? No, uh Simmons, oh, Simmons when he put the, you know, you don't usually see that kind of like emotion from Ben Simmons. Usually that's something you see from you know, Embiid or you you, you see it a little bit from Reddick, but um to see him come down and like just be that, and they were ki- the, the the Sixers looked so much. They looked like they were just more aggressive to the ball today than than Milwaukee. And at one point, they actually cut away during the coverage to a huddle that the that the Bucks had. And the coach is just saying they are beating us to every single loose ball. If we don't start getting some of these loose balls, we're 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 going to get out of the you know they're going to put us away. We've got to start getting loose balls. The Sixers really did feel like they anything that was 50-50, they were they were they were they, were, they just had a nose for those sorts of situations, especially like in the second quarter. The third quarter made me a little nervous. It felt like uh, the Bucks were finding another gear in the third quarter, and I was really happy because if you go back to some of the games two weeks ago, like against the Bulls or whatever. It seemed like the Sixers didn't have any idea how to close uh, close a game out, and it really felt like today they were they were able to close this game out, a, a game against the best team in the NBA on the ro- you know you're on the road, and it's a situation where they they could have gotten themselves in trouble, and they hit their foul shots and and you know used their possessions well and won the game. Well, they didn't turn the ball over a ton, which is which is huge. And there, they, there weren't any extended stretches where they went cold and weren't, weren't able to hit, to hit a shot. So yeah, the third, the third, we felt a surge coming from the bucks, uh, but it, we, it was, it wasn't anything that we didn't, weren't able to at least somewhat answer. I mean, yeah, we had, we did have that lead up to like 14 points. Yeah. At one point. 
Um, and then it, it was ebbing and flowing somewhere between like seven and, and 11 throughout the whole third but it's, quarter. Uh, it, and it the felt Bucks like we just, we just kept them at arm's length for, for a, a long time. I mean, the end of the game got really tight, but, um, you know, the Bucks hit some really big shots to do that. Yeah, but again, like statement win. You say you went on the road, you beat the Bucks. We went on the road, we beat the Warriors. Um, there's no team that, you know, we can't beat on any given night. So you got to like your chances in the playoffs. And I'll tell you what, I don't know who we're going to play in the first round, whatever, if it's the Pistons or I don't even know who's in that. Are we kind of establishing ourselves in the, in the three seed at this point? I, I haven't looked at what the, yeah, what the situation the is Pistons, behind us. Uh, the Pistons. The Pacers lost uh, last night or uh, Saturday night to Denver. So, you know, we, we gained a game separation on them. I mean – Boston is pretty much locked in at the five now. Um, whoever's chasing them is like five games behind them. So there's only the 10 games left. So, yeah, so it's a matter of whether it's – I think it's going to come down to whether us or the Pacers end up in the four slot. I don't see yeah, us falling and, below the, the, the Celtics. Not with our and, schedule. Are you guys like really hoping to avoid the Celtics or do like part of you – want to face up and like beat that demon in in the first round well i don't want to play them in the first round i'll be more than happy to play them in the second round um who whoever we play in the second round um is going to be good like well yeah it's going to be good but it's going to be a great series like i'm really looking forward to that second round uh playoff week because it's going to get it's going to get ugly and nasty and tough and they're just going to be Awesome games to watch every single night. Yeah, no, the the second round matchups can be good. I would love to be able to to get a you know like play against like a like a six seed, or yeah, because it's four and five. We we get the six seed, uh, who who we can kind of figure out our playoff rotations a little bit. Um, I I don't you know because it's going to be a a dog fight against Boston. Like it'll just be that the only thing maybe we would have the. If coming at we we'd at least want home court advantage because we don't want to go to the garden four times. So right now, if the playoffs ended today, we'd play the Pistons, which is just perfect. <laughs> I love that. That's a really good matchup for us. It would be great to listen to Embiid smack talk that team for the entirety of that series. Um, and the winner gets rights uh, to Larry Brown. The team that I don't really don't yeah, want to play is the Nets. And where are they? Are they like the? Are they possibly the eight seed? They're in the seven seed right now. And then who's behind them? The Heat. The Heat have the eight seed okay. right now. They have a game. They're a game up on the Magic. Okay. Oh, so, so maybe Markel Fultz sneaks into the playoffs. The Markel Fultz is not going to the playoffs. No, not going to happen. Uh, so our remaining schedule: we got the Hornets on Tuesday. Very winnable. Um, then game. the. Then the Celtics at home Wednesday, and this is where we exercise the demons. Yeah, this this would be a gr- huge week if we can if we can, you know, have that under our belt to give us some confidence going into the going yeah. into the playoffs. Then it's uh, on the road, the Hawks, Magic, um, back home against the Nets, and then uh, we end the we end the uh, season on the road against the Timberwolves. Like all those are winnable games. It would you know. There's not anybody on there that scares me. After the way yeah. we've played Golden State and after winning today, there isn't anybody that I'm not that I'm afraid of. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I feel like we can we can match up. You know, our starting five can match up against anybody. I take our five against anybody. 
So we're one game up on the Pacers. We're two games up on the Celtics. Um, so I mean, we got to we got to keep winning these games. You can't, yeah, you can't take your foot off the gas at all. So that's where we are uh, with basketball. I, this is making me nervous looking at these standings because when I look at the when I look at the schedule, I do see potentially um, two losses in there. Worst case scenario. Brooklyn, so maybe. Yeah, I'm looking at the Celtics and I'm looking at Brooklyn. They're the two. They're the two games that make me the most nervous. But I mean, you can't sleep on the Hornets either. No, that T Wolves game will be fun because it'll be uh, a a reunion with uh, Dario and uh, Cuff. Yeah, yeah, but they're kind of a mess too. All right. I feel like Jimmy Butler is going to want to really show up in that game too. Yeah, it'd be nice if we can just win out. Um, but there's no, I don't. There's no way we're going to catch the uh, the Raptors. So no. three seed would be the best case scenario. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's where we need to be. I feel like I, I, I like coming out of that slot. The team I want to avoid is the Raptors. So, you know, see well, I them. Think you're going to get your, you'll see, get your wish. See them as late as I can. Yeah, I think that's the least fun series too. By the way, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about the Eagles because Woo. we got some personnel things to address here so nick Foles is officially a jacksonville jaguar he's gonna wear number jaguar s- na- number seven i believe for the jags why why the number change uh i don't know if they had somebody rostered at nine already maybe i think he wore seven in college is like steve Berline's number retired or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> was he number nine i, I think that Foles, <laughs> i think i think Foles did wear seven either in high school or college <laughs> so he's I think it's a return to seven. Okay. All right. That's cool. But I mean I, I kinda like that. The reason I bring it up is because I kinda like that because, you know, to a certain degree, it it, it it makes nine a little bit sacred still. You know, he's he's in the place that if we had to play any place else, Jacksonville is probably the best case scenario for him to be in. And he's not gonna wear nine. So, you know, Nick Foles wearing nine is our guy and that other guy wearing seven he's nobody i would make nate sudfeld wear nine <laughs> wow just immediately just stick what? him in that jersey <laughs> but i i fine but he's gonna wear oh nine uh, okay. tear down the philly philly statue put one up of like nate sudfeld looking at a clipboard <laughs> <laughs> we all know who the real hero of uh that super bowl was. so what what do you think of the rumor going around that uh the eagles may bring in some fitz magic to kind of press sudfeld for the job wait didn't i didn't did hear that this Gerald is new to sign me. did 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 fitzpatrick, fitzpatrick? I, I i hadn't heard he's i hadn't heard he signed earlier in the week i i thought he signed with miami well, then that blows this whole thing. But earlier in the week, I did hear that there was some chatter that it, since he was available, that it would be a good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A good Patrick agreed to Dolphins deal. When did that happen? Like yesterday? Eight, eight hours ago. Oh, OK. So that just happened. All right. I don't feel as dumb. But, you know, do you think that let's let's put, I guess, phrase it this way. Do you think that there's any chance the Eagles will look for a veteran quarterback to come into camp at least and press uh, Nate Sudfeld for the job. Do you think that uh, probably Vince... isn't there something? It, it, don't we have some sort of uh, situation with Hackenberger? Doesn't doesn't he have to come back? Oh, did, from the end of the year, didn't we? Did we roster him at some point? At the end I of don't the year? know. Is there any chance that uh, that um, oh, what the hell was his name? That uh, 
Coy, uh, Ty Detmer, is there any Detmers available to come? <laughs> anyone with a throat beard. <laughs> anyone anyone who any, can do that that, that whip motion. That, uh, would, uh, uh, okay. Or Vince Young. Would Vince Young like to come back and quarterback for the Eagles? Dream team, baby. <laughs> uh, did, did you guys read Nick? I'll do the air quotes. Nick Foles's uh, Player Tribune article. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, real quick. I really, I agree with you. None of this Player Tribune articles are written by the person themselves. But man, you have an active axe to grind against Nick Foles. <laughs> oh, like Nick Foles, good Christian, lying about writing an article for the Players <laughs> Tribune, saying how much he loves us. I, for one, am going to be throwing batteries when we see the Jaguar. <laughs> it's, it, it, this is how rumors get started, Chuck. <laughs> First off, the players, the, the, my whole, the whole, my whole stance on that whole thing was this, the players tribune is like a joke. It's absurd. If anybody believes that these players actually write these things that are in there, I, you're you're not as bright as you'd like to think you are. Well, well, a I think I'm I'm quite bright, but b <laughs> I I don't think they write them. I think it's more or less an interview that somebody transcribes, and you know, you know, an actual writer. But it's not presented that way. Oh no, it's presented like you know, like Nick Foles, like up. Doogie Howsered it, like do yes. do 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 dear. <laughs> Philadelphia, do, 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 do. or no, like someone sitting with a notebook out on the beach, like writing down their thoughts. Yeah, dear Philadelphia, when I think of you, I about think of Chick-fil-A. you longingly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think? Did you did you like the article? Were you like, yeah, this speaks to me? I don't know. I, I thought it was fine because I, as much as I was teasing you a moment ago, I have that same bias. You know, it's it, it's the cheaper version of the uh, billboard in front of the stadium or the newspaper ad. Well, I guess the newspaper ad's probably the cheapest. I'm pretty sure the three of us could put up a newspaper <laughs> ad in the Philadelphia Inquirer right now. But maybe we should do that. Maybe it'll get us some yeah. more listeners. <laughs> Honestly, I think the podcast has more penetration right now than the newspaper. But um, I thought it was fine. I thought it was nice. I enjoyed reading it. You know, as long as I didn't think about it too much, you know, I I thought it was nice. It didn't move me. You know, I I saw it shared on Facebook and Twitter of people going like, oh, grab your, you know, your Kleenex, you know, did it make like, you want to run through a brick wall, Chuck? Oh, no, no. And we've retired run through a brick wall. No, it didn't make me want it. I don't know if there's anything Nick Foles could do. Like, he won a fucking Super Bowl, and I still don't want to run through a brick wall with him. Like, like maybe a little, like, double pump handshake and a man hug. Like, that's all that makes me want to do. So what happened to the guy whose job he took? Is Blake Bortles just on the street now, or is this, like, an open competition? I, I don't know. He's prob he's probably uh, he's probably gonna be on the street. Maybe we. Sorry, should... I'm just looking up the art. I'm just looking up this uh, this post here or the uh, the Player Tribune article just to get the the exact quote that I don't know. There was a particular quote that uh, really uh, 
you, you, you liked or didn't like? I mean, you can paraphrase. The whole thing is paraphrased. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine will always love you. I just think it's like a tire. The whole sentiment about, you know, fa- you know, fathers who thought they would never live to see a Super Bowl. I mean, I don't know. I'm just exhausted by that narrative. Um, even though I wrote a pretty lengthy blog post about that very same thing on the eve of the Super Bowl, but you know myself, but you know, yeah, but that was a year ago when it was appropriate to talk about sort of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I I feel like sports talk radio has exhausted that, and it's fine if you want to like get some last last touches on that before you head out because it's like a never ending well of sentiment that but you we- could draw on in Philadelphia. When you're the guy that did it, though, you should be able to draw on that well. I mean, it's one thing for, you know, Anthony Gargano or, you know, Angelo Cataldi, and I'm not singling out the Italians, (laughs) but I'm just saying it's one thing. Mike Missanelli. uh, (laughs) No, it's one thing for them to go like, oh, I think of, you know, this 80-year-old person who saw the Eagles win and then they died. Or, you know, I think back to my own father and I talking about how the Eagles would never win. And I I was thinking of him as I cried when they won. That that That's like pulling at the heartstrings. That's not authentic. Nick Foles was the guy who did it. And there are literally millions of fans. So he has to have literally heard a lot of people going up to him and going, Nick, my dad and I talked about how the Eagles would never win. And then you won with them. Yeah, but I I still don't feel like Nick. I'm taking the opposite perspective. And I'm going to say, I don't think Nick Foles could ever fully comprehend what the power behind that means, having not you know, lived in this area and been an Eagles fan all his life and seen his father and his father's father uh, suffer through season after season of, of failure and, and coming up short and disappointment and uh, Norman Brayman and, and Rich Cotite and uh, Andy Reid, you know, all of that, the, the combined weight of all of that, I don't believe Nick Foles can ever comprehend it. So for him to use it as, you know, an emotional tug in a Players Tribune article that he didn't write, yeah, it rubs me the wrong way. And I'm sorry I don't like Nick Foles. Well, I mean, to be, <laughs> to be fair, Dave, he did then immediately fail the next year and didn't beat New Orleans. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's a loser. Wow. <laughs> we don't call him hot take Gene for nothing. Although the interesting thing to me was – if you if people really think back to like the end of September, right before Carson Wentz came back, people were saying that Nick was his his we were going to call it a sports psychologist to find out where his confidence went. Um, I guess going back to the bench for a couple of months um, and 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 finding whatever magic he, pills he needed to take to get get you know get that confidence back. <laughs> He found it somewhere in, in the, on the bench, you know. Maybe it's just what he was watching Carson Wentz blow games at the end of the uh, in, in the fourth quarter. I, I don't know what it was, but you know. Well, I'd real, like to quick, magic pills and confidence two different things because they make them both. And also, um, if you go back and listen to our shows, we talked like 
maybe Nick Foles just needs the big moment. Like we we talked about, it. it's like why is he coming up short? Maybe he just needs the spotlight. I'd like so. to take a second and personally address the Jacksonville fan. Um, <laughs> uh, Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Uh, just yeah, hang on because you're in for probably a very interesting ride one way or the other. That's all I have to really say. And uh, you'll get a great seat for it because there's plenty available. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't have anything uh, critical to say. I just wanted to, uh, to make that one Jacksonville fan joke. The other thing I wanted to bring up before we get too far away from the Eagles, because we were talking about personal Oh, no, we're, we're deep in Eagle territory right now. Good. Uh, do you remember that we have a, a, a podcast title of this very show that you are listening to? <laughs> yes. And it is called, do you remember the title? Bring back DJX. Bring back DJX. And I would like, personally, since I came up with the title, I'd like to take credit for putting the idea in Howie Roseman's head to go and re-sign Deshaun Jackson. I'll, so. say, I'll say this. I will give you as much credit for bringing back Deshaun Jackson as I will uh, to um, uh, Brian Dawkins for bringing Bryce Harper. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> it's the only time Brian Dawkins and I will ever be in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's crazed eagle fan hugged Brian Brian Dawkins inappropriately. <laughs> yeah, man. I, look, I'll tell you what. I love that Deshaun Jackson is coming back. I think oh, it's I do too. Totally appropriate. Um, I think he's going to be great for the team. By all accounts, he's like you know he, middle aged Deshaun Jackson now, and not in a bad way. Just more in like a now I don't go crazy and now uh, I hold on to the football I when I get into the end zone. Yeah, I don't have entourages and negative influences all my life. I'm just kind of trying to win a Super Bowl now because I'm putting things in perspective. Do you think he's better or worse than middle-aged AI? <laughs> as a player or as a person? As a person. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Not close. Do you, um, do you think that it's going to be good to have Deshaun Jackson, the elder statement, in the in the locker room? Is is he going to? I mean, because I know that like the Eagles, the Eagles kind of have this culture of like prayer groups and stuff. Do you do you think that that's a Deshaun Jackson kind of kind of thing? No, no, that's not his thing. Um, well, I'm sure Deshaun Jackson prays, but it's just to himself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't see I don't see Deshaun Jackson doing like hunting retreats with Carson Wentz and in, in the Dakotas. Well, he would uh, give away their position with all the bling. Uh, <laughs> see, but, at uh, all, but on a serious note, though, I don't think it matters. I think like no. your diva wide receiver, like he can just be his own entity, and then I I mean, if he's out there, even as a distraction. Like, as somebody you have to cover, because if you don't, you know, Carson's going to go for a 30-yard yeah, reception. That's the whole thing, right? Well, the, the, the Eagles have kept trying to get this guy on the roster. They just neglected to get one that could catch. They kept getting, <laughs> like, the fast guy who would get downfield right. and then drop the ball. And last year, uh, did did Mike Wallace even – did he play in two two games maybe? Before he broke his leg, was that in in, in the Tampa Bay game? I think it was then in he was the Tampa gone. Game. Yeah, he was gone. Um, you know, and I I watched Deshaun Jackson just he's just got something that yeah. I've never seen anybody. He's so fast and he's so good at tracking the ball. You don't see him 
drop those passes. Like, very rarely is a, a play not completed and you go, well, that was on DJX. Like, it's just not a thing. And the thing that I'm so happy about is he is part of the maybe the iconic play that was not in the Super Bowl <laughs> in the last 25 years. And I, I will always w- like watch that play on a loop. Just watch, you know, because I just love watching Tom Coughlin's face during that play. <laughs> And and the way that I always felt that Chip Kelly did him so dirty. I didn't like the way he got rid of, of Shady, but I kind of understood that. But there was no re- – you got nothing back for Deshaun Jackson, who was at the time probably the most popular player on the team and was probably the most productive player on the team. And you just cut him for no reason because he wasn't a culture guy. And Deshaun Jackson made a point when he came back with the Redskins to, like, beat the hell out of us. But as soon as Chip Kelly was gone, D-Jax basically the next day was like, when am I going back to Philly? He's been <laughs> waiting to come home. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so glad that we finally – like, this is this is one of those things where, you know, you're always going to talk about – it was kind of like Jer- Jeremiah Trotter was a similar situation and also went to Washington. You, it was always that guy on the other on another team where you just – he was never to, – uh, to a certain degree, he was never not an eagle. You know, you always kind of had this sense that he was so happy playing here that as soon as he got the opportunity to make a decision to come back, he was going to do it. Except McNabb. When McNabb went to Washington. Well, there was no way we were ever going to He could stay there. Yeah. Uh, did you like the uh, the Matt Collins uh, tweet? What did he say? I didn't did hear you see that. that. He said, uh, I'm like Geico saving you all money on those jerseys because he oh, gave no. up his number 10 yeah. to uh, to Deshaun Jackson back so he can pull Yeah, because I bet time. you uh, – so people were saying I'll go to Goodwill and find Deshaun Jackson jerseys. I'm telling you, man, nobody gave up their Deshaun Jackson jersey, no. man. Everybody – that stayed in the closet. Maybe you haven't worn it in a while, but everybody was going to break – 10 was always going to be Deshaun's number. You were always going to break that out when he retired and be like, yeah, remember the Miracle of the Meadowlands Giants fans, douchebags? <laughs> the only weird yeah, but I thing think that's come down it comes down to like silver linings playbook too of the you know you have your deshaun jersey and go yep you know me and uh bradley cooper like we're identical twins nobody's gonna mistake you know me for him you know we're, we're just gonna look like each other well and now the beautiful thing is if deshaun did, retires as an eagle like now that that jersey's never gonna be invalid like it's always gonna be good that movie that movie will always yeah. work. Timeless. Yeah, it's a legacy jersey. Yeah. Uh, the only weird thing I think about the Deshaun Jackson signing is that they kept Nelson Aguilar. At, at nine like million. 10, yeah. Uh, yeah, like 10 mil when you could have probably signed Jordan Matthews for maybe like two million. I don't know what his con. Where did he sign? He signed San like Francisco. San Fran? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah, I don't know what he signed for, but it was probably somewhere like two. Well, and I like Carson Wentz and Jordan Matthew. They have a good rapport. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, Nelson is a good player. Nelson's a more talented player. I just, I don't know that he's $9 million for your third receiver. Although he's going to move back to the natural. He's going to be the natural slot receiver. He's going to have more room to operate. There's, we have two really, really good tight ends. Um, So, you know, you. Our offense, if we can get a goddamn running back, is going to be scary. Yeah, we'll see what they come up with. We'll see what they. Come I think up. they're hey, going to draft a running back. Is what I think they're going to do, though. Real quick, uh, let's touch on the Phillies before we get to the uh, the penalty box. I will just, I just want to say that 
if you are a team that naturally wears red and you would like to wear a St. Patrick's Day jersey for a spring training game, it's difficult to pull off unless you get entirely new helmets. Yeah, because otherwise you just like Christmas. Yeah, the whole stadium looked like Christmas time. Yeah. People didn't annoying. know what to do. Do I wear green? Do I wear my red? This if I don't always, have green, do this, I wear red? This always feels like the biggest like merchandising grab because you always see the one guy that re- insists on what, like really pale dude at, at 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 the Citizens Bank Park or even back in the vet. The really pale guy who always has to have his green Irish jersey on in the middle of August, and you're like, dude, it's it's why just. I, I thought the spring training caps looked pretty slick, though. The white caps oh, with I the green belt. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, those are nice. Uh, well, I, always, I always dug the St. Patty's gear for the Phillies back from 1989 in Mike Schmidt's baseball card that <laughs> threw me for oh. a loop. Like, I have a photo of up of it now. I'm showing the guys. What? Yeah. Wow. Like, from 1989... Schmidt in the green, and I thought it was like a misprint. And like, like somebody's telling me it's like, oh no, it's from St. Patrick's Day. I'm like, they don't play baseball on St. Patrick's Day because they're not showing spring training games. Maybe they showed one back at that time, but they're not showing them. I didn't even know they did it back then, to be honest. Well, I don't think the whole league did it, but I knew the the Phillies did. And they've done it for a long time. Not every year since then, but they've done it for a long time. So that picture was from a spring training game then? Yeah, it was. And it was on the card, and it blew my fucking mind. Like, I had no... choose that picture for his baseball card that year. Well, I was nine years old, or nine or ten years old. I just was like, why are the Phillies wearing green? I'm not disparaging you. I'm saying, why would they pick that as his baseball card picture? For 1989. Well, was that his or Tops or whoever the hell what, did it? Was that I his last card, attacked. too? Was that his last card, too? Because he retired in 89, right? Uh, Would have been around there, yeah. I don't think he even completed that season. Because remember, he was a midseason retirement. Oh, was he? Yeah, I think he like, or, or at least announced it like middle of the year and I think did like one of those farewell tours that the like, you know, like the elders, like the Kobe. The, like the yeah, Kobe. Yeah, like the well, Kobe, Kobe did that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper still doesn't have a hit. Are you worried? No. No. I am worried. He's still got a lot of walks. (laughs) We paid this guy uh, $300 million for base on balls. Okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, he's going to have to hit over six outfielders anyway, so. (laughs) All right. So you're not worried. Bryce Harper's injured. Are you worried? Is Bryce Harper actually injured? He played today. He's DH'd. Okay. Well, pretty soon, during the life of his contract, the NL is <laughs> going to get the DH, so it's going to uh... be okay. <laughs> well, on a, on, a, on a couple of different fronts, I, I'm not worried about him not having a hit. Uh, if you go back to earlier episodes when – you know, both him and Machado were sitting out, and I said, well, if they're sacrificing one season for a 13-year contract or whatever I was hypothesizing at the time, isn't it worth it? And I think that might be the case. If they're, if 
Harper has a slow start, but we have him for 12 years after that, then, you know, what's it really matter? I, okay. I, and but, I think he may start kind of slow. There's just too much protection in this lineup for him not to see fastballs. So he's going to yeah. get hits. Oh, no, no. I, I'm not worried. Like, I'm. this isn't – I'm not worried in the long run. I'm not worried in the short run either, If you know, as long as the short run isn't just, you know, March and April. And the beautiful but, thing is as long as Gabe Kapler does, sets this lineup correctly, with this rule now where you have to let the pitcher face at least two batters or you have to let him face three. Three. Like, there's no way that they're going to – you know, they're either they're going to have to throw a lefty out to face him, or they're going to have to throw out a righty to, to to face Reese. So we'll see. Pick your poison. Yeah, no, I I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, the foot injury bothered me more, just because those things can linger. But I mean, baseball is probably the the sport where it bothers you least. But well, uh, Cesar Hernandez probably needed to. You know, it basically tanked his season when he had a broken bone in his foot. That was off. Oh no, it's ball. it's a bad injury, but I mean, <sighs> maybe you can go see the Sixers medical staff. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, I think we need to have a a pretty broader, like a longer discussion about the uh, Major League Baseball rule changes that have been proposed. But um, for time's sake, I think it's time to go to Chuck's penalty box. Oh, I was totally ill-prepared for that. So, Dave, I'm throwing it right back on you. Dave, who is in your penalty box? I am putting foxsports.com in Ooh. my penalty box. This I don't know if you've been – like, I don't know what your uh, sports website of choice is, whether it's like ESPN or uh, NBC Sports, but foxsports.com, if that's even the proper address, has no – written word on it you cannot find an article there are no written recaps of events every single thing is a video and of course there's an advertisement that plays before the video starts look i get it right we're all into the moving picture and oh my gosh we can embed videos in everything but sometimes i just want to look something up and read about it i don't want to have to sit through an ad a 30 second ad and then watch a video that i hope explains and gives me the information that i want to receive sometimes i just want to read a written word because i have a college level education and sometimes i want to use it so for that foxsports.com you're in the penalty box Boom. All right, Fox Sports, gather up your robots. You're getting a 10-minute game misconduct for pivoting to video. The internet is a visual medium. Just give me something I can read. All right, Gene, who is in your penalty box? I'm going to put our um, fellow NFC East teams that um... – you know, populate the division with us, specifically the Washington football team, because I'm not going to use your formal n- nickname. They sent out this, I-, I guess in tweet form. This is your excuse note not to wear green for St. Patrick's Day. As a diehard fan, we know you struggled this holiday. <laughs> we don't want to wear green, and we know you don't either. So someone... 
so if someone comes up to you and pinches you because you're wearing something beautiful like burgundy and gold, instead of some awful green color, we give you permission to pinch back. We hope our rivals in New York and in the middle of North Texas take part in our boycott as well. Love, the Washington Redskins, hashtag HTTR. P.S. Please pinch responsibly. Uh, that's great. And then Dallas like also joined in with like uh, one of the rare times that we're going to agree with our friends from Washington, D.C. Obviously, the New York Giants didn't say anything because they're too busy cutting all the good players on their team or trading them. But here's why I'm angry. You know, what I, you know what I wasn't thinking about in March on St. Patrick's Day? I wasn't thinking about the Washington Redskins. Or the Dallas Cowboys, for that matter. So why? Why are they thinking about us? So much so that they felt the need to tweet out a, a, a passive-aggressive excuse note not to wear green on St. Patrick's Day. That is... It's just low. It's just... And it's dumb. Like... We don't. Well, there is no. Obviously, we we won't even use their formal name. Should we? Should we get on Columbus Day? I guess, and maybe rip on the Redskins. I, I don't know, because because obviously, if they supported Native people, like Native People's Day, they they would change their stupid name. So put them in the penalty box. All right, dude. Like this, this is why didn't we start the show with this? Because there's so much here. A, the most racist name in sports. And there's the Cleveland Indians who retired the most racist logo in sports. But the Washington friggin' Redskins, most racist name in sports, like decides to go, all right, fine. We're calling out like people who wear green because we're like trolling the Eagles and not like <laughs> freaking Irish people. And then like, oh, pinch them back. Redskins. You're out of the game. Game misconduct for the Redskins. Cowboys, you get you get double minor for being a part of it too. Chuck, is uh is Kelly Green the best green color to wear on St. Patrick's Day? Better over the over the midnight green. It is. Yeah. I yeah, I, I will so. submit to that. I yes. thought so. I've got some Kelly, Kelly Green, green is a much better green than I got some Kelly Green, green on underneath of my Flyers jersey. Nice. Uh, I'm currently wearing Hunter Green. Uh, which which is nice, especially if you're in a lodge. But uh, <laughs> all right. So who's in my penalty yes, box? Yes, Chuck. Who's in your penalty box? Sorry. All right. In my penalty box is Greg Wyshynski. Um, if you are a hockey fan, you know his work. I enjoy his work. He was previously the editor of Yahoo's hockey blog, uh, Puck Daddy, that got him the name Puck Daddy. Puck Daddy, and. In this past week, Greg did two things that are just way out of date. The first was on the ESPN um, On Ice Hockey podcast. He, you know, jumped on people who got upset with the uh, Morgan Riley, you know, homophobic slur controversy of the, and his take was. Oh, everyone's way too quick to judge. Because when someone's yelling ragged, our assumption should be someone's using a very odd phrase to say, slow down the puck. 
as opposed to a very common homophobic slur. And maybe it was said, maybe it wasn't. I put my money on the fact that, you know, it was said. But why are you being snarky? Why are you being dismissive of the people who heard very clear audio of someone shouting something awful? Then he follows it up on the Puck Soup podcast with with his Gary Bettman impression. His Gary Bettman impression, uh, impression, <laughs> uh, impression, is very clearly of someone from Long Island, and it is a you know, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, a New York Jewish impression, and it was kind of funny once upon a time with you know how how in poor taste it was but in this day and age it's not funny like if you want to make fun of batman there's plenty of things to make fun of if you want to make fun of his long island accent there's better ways to do it but you know twice in one week that's very ham-fisted very clumsy very inappropriate humor uh, for this day and age that we live in. So Greg Wyshynski is getting a double minor for cultural insensitivity. All right. Got a little heavy there at the end there. Yeah, I know. Once I went through it, I'm like, that's not funny. <laughs> well, you it doesn't know? always have to be funny. I know, but this, this, is, just, this is your platform. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But no, normally the penalty box is funny, or I at least tried to end light. But you know, well, hey, it was a it was a big day. Uh, it was a big day drinking. You know, you know how it's we get at the end of the night. You know, woo, yeah. All right, everybody. <laughs> Gosh, all right. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, we'll be back with you uh, next Monday with all things Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, and Eagles. Until then, uh, please be sure to rate and review our show on iTunes. It really helps us out. It helps other people find the show. Also, please follow us on all forms of social media. You can just find us at Podadelphia. It's uh, Twitter, Facebook. Instagram. If you have any uh, additional time in your podcasting day, be sure to check out The Whip Around, our sister show, uh, for all your strange news. And um, any last words, guys? The uh, Whip Around had a great show this week. If you're still in the holiday mood, they had some an Irish band on, the Rogue Diplomats. And if uh, you didn't hear their sh- show from the year before, uh, I thought this year topped it. So uh, there's a there's a plug for some. Uh, so uh, for a couple of good whip around episodes to check out if you haven't listened to them already. Cool, cool. All right, have a great day at work, everybody. 